Right, fellas, we're live. Tweets out. Let's give it a couple of seconds for people to get in before we even start talking about the game. How was everybody's week? Pretty good. Yeah, that's just one of those one of those weeks. Same old, same old. How about you? Same hump. Yeah. Oh look, doesn't matter about the week because the weekend just kicked off with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and regardless of what happened in the week, uh, I did not see this coming. I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> not in my semi-wildest dreams. And uh, this was a pleasant start to a Saturday, if, if, there can, if that can be the case. A almost one in a hundred years pleasant start to a Saturday, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's a, you're not wrong. Um, episode 191. Two. Two. Um, it's a shame this isn't the 200th, really, because uh, it's worthy of it, I feel like. Um, so coming into today, uh, I think last weekend, uh, I asked you both if you would take losing to Chelsea, if we could beat Palace and everybody said, yes. Um, I said to you both at full time, uh, I feel totally counter to that after the win today. Um, I haven't felt that happy over a win in quite some time. Um, and obviously we'll get into all the details and minute by minute play by plays so but how did you uh after that how do you feel about the idea of uh taking a strong w off of chelsea today it feels good doesn't it i mean it inflicts the the first loss as is as the the chelsea manager as well which is poetic i think and there's there's some vindication there as well so uh yeah i i mean we always talked about oh palace over chelsea uh why not both? So we'll we'll just we'll just take both. But yeah, it, it felt very good today. A, a lot better than I thought it would. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it only feels deserving to start it with something like a, a, a classic Potter, Reed, Bruno, Win Stanley. Your boys took one hell of a beating today. Uh, as soon as that news came out in the week. <laughs> about Win Stanley probably going as well. That's where my answer to the question about Palace and Chelsea changed because it was like, okay, I can get over it. Like, oh, we understand how football works. Suddenly, Win Stanley one felt like grave robbing and it annoyed me. Uh, and that's now that, that, that's where this win now has become... I mean, think of the energy. If we if we'd have come out and get routed today, we'd have felt... Means like they've taken everything from us. They've ripped us apart. Full rebuild. Now it's like, screw them. Bowley's an idiot. Potter's a dickhead. <laughs> and we're, we're on our way. I think that you're you've summarised the temperature amongst Albion fans in general superbly, though. I think prior to midweek with the Win Stanley uh, pillaging, um, we I think everybody was pretty much in the same boat. There was a lot of there was people throwing out polls of like, would you like, cause I remember as I, as we, you know, posted the episode on social media and I asked the question of palace and, or Chelsea and a lot of people jumped on and other podcasts were posting polls, asking the same questions and like other outlets were asking the same thing. Cause they all thought it was an interesting question as well. And the response was very similar, like very 50, 50, wasn't it? It was kind of like, yeah, kind of ish. Like, uh, and then the, the inevitable, um questions came after that after Andy Naylor's full kind of dissertation of defense in Chelsea's pro like 
whatever the hell that has been over the last calendar week. Um, it was very much then a case of, are you going to boo him? Are you going to boo there? Like, what? Are you, how is how is everybody going to react? And I, I think kind of come Monday, it was kind of 60% on the polite applause for Potter, um, 40% booing. And it was kind of very mixed. And there was a lot of uh, upset people with each other <laughs> um, online, weren't they? You're being a bad fan if you do or don't boo, all that good stuff. Um, when Stanley happens and boy, oh boy, does the tide turn. Uh, Andy Naylor is getting about a hundred comments underneath his weird posts that he's posted. Finally, just finally, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it all just changed to ninety, like ninety plus percent. Every single one. I want. I'd rather beat Chelsea and lose to Palace. I'd rather. I'm going to boo the hell out of Potter. I'm going to boo everybody. In. I'm going to boo them all. I'm going to throw Kukurea out at the top of the Amex. Like it was just pure vitriol, and I think. I was wondering if it was going to translate to the 30,000 at the Amex today, Um, because if we were going to do something special today, I think we needed it. And it's going to sound bad, probably, but like we needed it to be an intimidating place to come and it needed to be proper poisonous. And it was, wasn't it? I I go back to that. I don't know if everyone watched the silly... um... I think it was the Amazon one, right? The all or nothing with with Spurs when Mourinho came in. Uh, and he kept moaning at them saying, you're too nice. You're nice, boys. You need to be meaner. And that's how I feel about our fan base when, when thinking about this Potter stuff. And we all know, we've talked about this. When the, when the news happened, we were upset. We, we went through the stages of grief. But at this point, you have to. We said at the end of last episode, regardless of your feelings towards them, outside of the of the game of football, they come into this stadium. You have to give them abuse in a in a reasonable way because you've got to make the Amex feel like a cauldron. It, it, it has to be intimidating, especially when they've come in and done what they've done. Um, and I, in, in some ways, the Win Stanley news helped to ignite a, a, a low burning fire. Um, the the atmosphere was amazing. The, I mean, it started off incredible. We can talk about that. I don't I don't know if I've seen a better first half from us in recent memory. Um, and we normally don't do that, but they were the high level from me is that I'm not saying Roberto De Zerbi listens to this podcast, but he 100% listens to this podcast because a the, few the, the things have happened, right? Coming into this game that we've been clamoring for. Just play the football, you know, play your four, two, three, one, play four at the back. Um, maybe we'll give Welbeck a little bit of a knock him out of the team for a bit and we'll see what happens. Let's make sure Matoma starts and maybe we get a feature from NC Sarmiento at some point. All of those things happen and we won 4-1 against Chelsea. So all I'm saying is he might listen. It, it takes some other credit for that, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it came across really well. Like, obviously, we have the privilege of being able to watch the games as, as they happen. Um, but yeah, it, the, the atmosphere and... I guess the, the vitriol directed towards Chelsea as a whole, not just Potter, Kukurea, but just Todd Bowley as well. Um, it, it came across really well on, on TV. Obviously, we would have loved to have been there. I'm sure it was 10 times better in there. But uh, you're right. It's exactly what we needed. Um, and it constituted to probably the fastest start I've seen from us in a very long time. We, we, we sit here quite a lot talking about how slow we start. And... Um, it was a complete opposite today and I think the atmosphere had something to do with that and also the players proving a point to, uh, to their ex-manager as well well I think it was 
when you combine it with the atmosphere too, I mean, the closest I can think of was probably that Sheffield Wednesday game, right? Where we mm. put in a half of football that was unbelievable, except we actually scored goals in this one, uh, which, uh, you know, who knew that the Graham Potter goal scoring problem was actually just playing Graham Potter was the solution. <laughs> um, I wish, wish we'd have known that sooner. Um, people in the chat, Nathan uh, Potter, Potter got it all wrong today, but we were unbelievable today as well. Um, and I think, I get it, but Dion Dublin, even of all people, the the classic uh, analyst back home that just backs the big six. Uh, he even said today at, uh, at full time that Chelsea didn't get it wrong. Potter didn't get it wrong. Brighton just got it so right. And I think that's the best way of putting it. Um, it was another one of those games where we were just better than them today. Absolutely better than them everywhere, um, except marking headers which was appalling to let that one goal in uh adam webster again um that's about the only bad thing i think i'm going to say all day today but good god man he's just, <laughs> that that marking was atrocious for the herbert's header wasn't it yeah it wasn't it was also a bit lazy just on closing down whoever put the cross in as well um and from two of our best players on the day as well with between estupinion and caicedo um but I'm not going to focus on that that negative aspect. This is Deserby football. It's finally come to Falmer. Uh, this is we're going to score more than you, uh, and we're going to work our asses off to do it. Uh, and I think if he'd have come out and, and set the team up in to to do this sort of semi replication of potable that we've seen up until this point, this doesn't happen. It really doesn't. And, and you have to expect that the Chelsea coaching staff are probably expecting that to a certain extent too. Um, because they, it looked like they were shell shocked, and not just Thiago Silva. I mean, it looked like he forgot to play football, even though he saved two things on the goal line. The first one was caused by him. Kukurea looks like an absolute dud in a Chelsea shirt. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was a deserby deserby masterclass. And finally decided we're going to play my football. Let's figure it out. Gross, you're playing right back. See what happens. That was scary, wasn't it? Great. How were you, <laughs> how were you feeling? Because we were talking before the game, weren't we, about that 4-2-3-1, and we all thought that's where we were going with this. And we all figured that March would be the right back because that would absolutely make sense, wouldn't it? Uh, and then Pascal Gross quite obviously was plop, plopped in at right back. Did you shit your pants a bit? I think we all uh, yeah. felt like yeah. It. It, it. Yeah, I mean... You, it's, it feels like a long time ago, but seeing the, the sort of lineup come out without Veltman in there, we, we sort of touched on Welbeck being sort of just removed from the team. And we're like, okay, we're trying something different here. But then no Veltman as well. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, like you said, right right back, March, that's that's fine. Um, and then the game started. It started frantically, but it was like, okay, uh, it's some some sick joke that the Zerbi is playing on Potter where he's deciding to play gross at right back against them. So yeah, I, I first looked at it and I was like, okay, it looks like a four, two, three, one. It looks like marches at right back, but I was still a little bit hesitant without Veltman. I'll miss the consistency. And turns out it didn't really matter. But this is this team that we saw here when Veltman's fine, plug him in at right back. And Lallana and Gross interchange in that sort of number 10 role, that centre attacker midfielder. That's your team. For me, that's the team. I- I've mm-hmm. seen enough Danny Welbeck for now. Uh, I love the guy, but I don't want him starting as the number nine. That's your team. Your best player is Trossard right now. Have him as the focal point of the team. Everything else is working great. Best game we've seen from SD Opinion, playing actual left back, not left wing back. Um, yeah. In- I mean, 
who wasn't playing? He wasn't playing left back. He's playing everywhere. I, I was going to I honestly, I don't know where he was half the time, but it it worked. I thought there was, was a point. There was a point in time in that second half where he picked it up in central attacking midfield, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was um, it was a weird situation. There were some of the runs where I was like, "Hold on, is that?" I, I had to tell Kaisei. I was like, "Is Kaisei? Is Dupinia? They're overlapping. I don't know what's happening." But that's that's what we want to see out of this team. Um, and we weren't seeing that necessarily before in, in the games prior. Felt much more rigid and positional, and, and this felt more fluid. Um, yeah, I so many good things to talk about in this game, uh, and I, I, I frankly don't even know where to start, but I'm sure we'll start chronologically because that makes the most sense and what a hell of a start it was. Yeah, and that's the opinion in Caicedo I noticed today because I was struggling to tell which one was where because they were everywhere. They have such a similar running style. <laughs> that made it even harder for me to know. The only way I could tell really was their boots. Yeah, yellow and um, the orange boots. Oh, right? yellow That's and orange. Different. Yeah, yeah, because they they ran the same and they tackle the same. Like that proper like stand up and just own the ball. Both playing on the same side, and with Est opinion decided to just simply play wherever he pleased. It, <laughs> I wasn't sure who was going where. Um, but yeah, let's talk opening opening moments of the game, um, and that first goal. Uh, Mitoma finally got a start today after Deserbi mind gaming everybody all week saying he probably wasn't even fit. Uh, ended up playing what seventy minutes of football today, uh, yeah. and the high press from the very beginning was unbelievable, wasn't it? Um, we really caused them big problems. Um, and Leandro Trossard, I mean, this was another one of those days where he decided to be on it, didn't he? Um, we, I know, we signed Alexis McAllister to a new deal. Uh, Leo needs to we need to do something don't we because his performance today in general was excellent but that first 10-15 minutes I mean he was he was world class in everything he did he steps up in in these big games doesn't he Uh, and I don't know whether it's because he's he's just well up for it but uh, yeah everyone in the in the chat for those listening on the podcast everyone's ruining my man of the match that I was going to come up with in about 20, 30 minutes. Everyone's talking about his opinion being incredible. He was, he was so good today. Um, but yeah, Tr- Trotter should have had two goals straight off the bat. That chip as well, the audaciousness to try and pull off that chip, which is pretty much his only option he had when Kepa was there. And, you know, Silva got his 45-year-old butt back on the line to make up from his horrible pass that he put across the middle of the pitch. But so good. that The ability that you have in this formation to have essentially four players push and press on the back line of Chelsea. The Chelsea defence looked like an amateur league team in that first half. Like they could not string passes together. They were just throwing them anywhere they could because they were terrified, um, which is interesting because they're clearly not properly adapted to what Potter tries to tell them. But, I mean, you've seen that before. Do you remember a situation where you were concerned when the defenders were on in possession, Potter was your, your manager? Uh, are you familiar with the idea of going down to a team and thinking we're never going to get back into this one with Potter as the manager. How, how times change. But yeah, Trossard was incredible. He was, but he was good for quite a long period, most intense during that first bit, but he could have probably had another goal in the second half as well. Um, yeah. It's outstanding from him. Doing really well. I, yeah. It's, like you said, when he, when he shows up, he is world-class. It, it's that, <laughs> those, those sort of off games where he's just borderline invisible. But today was one of those days, point to prove. Um, Again, that that press straight from the start, I think it was super quick and very high. Um, 
you cause a couple of mistakes. Some of them they've just made themselves. Let's be honest; like it's just self-inflicted. But you have to put them away. Uh, I thought Matoma did really well getting around Chalabar and sort of feeding it through. And um, yeah, and composure-wise, Trossard's your man, isn't he? I think we've we've said this before that if if any of those chances falls to anyone on our team, you want it to be Trossard and just rounds Kepper and puts it in the bottom corner like he's like he's done it a million times. Just stellar, really good. It needs to go to Trossard or, or our other top scorer from today, OG. Uh, and there's one of the two, I'm fine with. Yeah, Todd Bowley's got a blank check for whoever OG is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just to touch on Mitoma there, though, what a pass from him as well, wasn't it? Just mm. perfectly weighted straight into Trossard. Uh, he knew exactly where that was going to. Um, and that kind of incisive driving into the box lack of fear is something that we've been missing for a long time um and obviously deserve has given trossard the courage to start doing it because he looked like he couldn't stop doing it today uh we saw solly march just have a field day against that awful left back whoever that was um <laughs> and then and then likewise on the other side you know we, we saw mitoma absolutely love it that he was he was driving at the defense we swapped, uh, we brought on Inciso, obviously, in the second half, which we'll definitely get onto that area of the subs as well. And he was just having a field day too. He couldn't drive enough, almost drive too much, really. They, uh, he was he was a bit too happy to drive at the defence and make them shit their pants, didn't he? Um, but that Mitoma pass, I thought, was just excellent. That early on as well. Uh, the pass was great. The ability for Trossard to get the ball out from under his feet and then lose a defender was incredible too. There was another point in the game where Matoma, I'm actually watching the first goal back as we talk here and that pass was just, and that it was a perfect goal. Amazing pass pretty much through the legs, through two defenders. Trossard just leaves his man for dead and he's got an open goal. But there was another point in the game where Matoma sort of held the ball up for what felt like forever uh, in their penalty box and I think he put a cross into, I want to say it was in Lalana's area. Um, but I can't remember rightly. It's never an area you want it to be in necessarily. But his ability to not only go around people, but also keep possession high up the pitch is so valuable. I'm so glad we got to see him start a game because for me, it removes the question marks that people have had around it, which is, oh, it's nice to have him come on and, and be a change of pace. No, he's actually just really good at football. Uh, and we should start our best players. And I think he's becoming one of them. Yeah. And like we said, we, we wanted to see it. And we, we got exactly what we wanted to see today, didn't we? So it's just, yeah, he's so direct. And he like his control is so good. His decision-making is very good as well. Um, so yeah, it's just the execution of it, just on a consistent basis whenever we see him. Um, so, yeah, really good Uh I just everything clicked today, didn't it? So you know, we we can spend five minutes on pretty much every player today, um, uh, and we'll, we could be here all afternoon. Um, but yeah, especially especially Matoma Trossard today, and yeah, I think that's the opinion uh, on that left side with Matoma. That's that's dangerous with with those two players playing together. If they're going to play consistently together as well, um, that that's incredible from from a left hand side perspective. Um, but then obviously. Solly March leaving Kukurea on ice skates for the first, what, 45 minutes. And um, some people comparing it to Dan Harding being taken off at half time. Um, but yeah, he, he had him on strings as well. And I thought Solly was also 
incredibly good today. Kukurea, uh, it's a bit of a fraud. I don't care now because he's not at the t- at the club, but just eyes on him today. He's not been the same player, really, is he? Eyes on him all season, he hasn't. Yeah. Every time I've watched Chelsea, I can see why they're pulling him off at Chilwell. Like, I can see why he's not been left on the field for long. Like, I don't know. May- maybe this is what happens when you see a man who's achieved all his dreams. He's lost the motivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah as soon as he as soon as he saw that stadium one of the worst stadiums in the premier league he couldn't yeah he, that was it that was Stunt. it maybe that was it um and to, to just add to the Mitoma thing he's 25 years old now as well he's not one of those pet projects that we've we've got with your McAllisters who are you know so young when we brought them in Caicedo so young when we brought them in like this guy is is supposed to be a plug and play ready player like we he only was at USG last year to match the visa requirement, right? Like we we needed him to play there for a year so we could get the visa requirement. I think that was the only reason he was there because his class, like he was scoring goals for Japan and qualifying them for the World Cup while there. Like this guy has had this for a while. It's not it's not new. Um, and like like Craig said, Solly on the other side today. Who knew that uh, if you just tell him to stop dancing around as much and just drive that ball hard into the box, you're going to get fun results. Um, and that's pretty much where the next two came from, wasn't it? Uh, classic FIFA scumbag own goals from like the mid 2010s, <laughs> weren't they? Uh, the corner, uh, we haven't had uh, many goals from set pieces um, this season. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, and we talked about the fact that Deserbi scores a lot of goals from set pieces under Shakhtar and Sassuolo. Um, and sure enough, uh, we caused some problems at corner kicks, uh, and then we scored from one, albeit not our ourselves exactly. Uh, but I think that was probably going to go in one way or another, wasn't it? With the way it was dipped into that really dangerous area of the box, uh, and Mister Loftus Cheek helpfully uh, popped him into the back of the net for us. And at that point, uh, I th- I think Alex in the chat put it like they they were so loud, like I've never seen us like that. Um, that second goal. The roof came off, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like Alex and a few p- other people listening in the chat were there. I'd love to hear, you know, vivid descriptions of what it was actually like because I can't imagine the atmosphere has been quite like that since maybe the, the Man U game at the end of the end of last season. Um, yeah, or maybe earlier either as well, earlier this season. <laughs> That's what we've missed at the Amex. That's the other thing, the other bit of hoodoo that we've broken. Um, how often have we said that we seem to just don't, we don't show up at the Amex. But in some ways, we could look at this and basically say, is this a good move? Has this betrayal, if you want to call it that, this the, everyone being poached up, best players, the coaching staff ripped up, has this helped to galvanize not only that that dressing room, but the fans? into being angry and actually showing true, real, big, loud support as opposed to just us trotting along with Potter and things going pretty well and our geography teachers like getting good results for us. Like, that's great. But now we're angry. I think the club is starting to – the fans are starting to embody Deserby. He's a nutcase. Let's get more of that. That's that's great. That's great for everyone. I, I thought, like, a, for the first goal, wasn't he on the pitch anyway? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. It's there's that that bit between your teeth today, and I, and I hope it I hope it continues in in that vein. It's sort of you know 
feeling hard done by and, and sort of just having that vindication, as I said earlier, and, and being able to prove people wrong. Um, it just seemed like the story of the day, didn't it? Just, you know, let's, let's show, <laughs> show these guys what they left um and just prove to them it was the wrong choice uh so hopefully we can kick on from here uh, we've had some really good results or, or good performances without the results and now we're getting both and it's like all right this this is exciting now yeah i uh, know you just mentioned alex in the chat as well uh if anybody was at the mx and wants to come on there's a link to the stream yard in the chat uh both youtube and twitch feel free to hop in uh, we will see you in the waiting room. We'll add you in and just feel free to let us know how it was uh, in real time. Um, but do you guys think the boys were really amped as well because they wanted to prove a point to Potter? Um, I, I'm i not sure if they wanted to prove a point to Potter as much as they just wanted to prove a point flat out. I think you're right. I just think it was more than just Graham they wanted to prove a point to. Um and I think Deserby said that we were the 12th and 13th men in the Amex today. Like there was that, which is good because they almost had 12 themselves with the referee. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> did you not think? I thought he was absolutely appalling after halftime. Which one? They're all the same guy. <laughs> it is awful. Like, yeah, it's, they've always got a 12th guy. It was it was terrible, uh, but yeah, I think I think the boys were really amped today. I, you could see it. They were. I mean, you saw it from the start that they were pressing with an intensity that like is not is not normal is it that was there was a little bit of extra on on every tackle well there's no there's no way that you can think put your heads in those players heads and you know what's happened like we're angry enough as fans is what's gone down um for them they're, they're like all right we've got these guys coming back into our home and we're on this losing streak we've got a new manager we haven't got him a win yet we can't seem to score we've got to do something here. Like we have to stop the rot. We talked about this last time on the, on a pod. Like if you don't win in the next couple of games, it starts to get really, really ugly. And we all were looking at the Wolves game as where we go. Okay. Deserby's going to do his football. Is that enough time? We're going to play the four at the back. Maybe we make a switch up in people. Matoma starts all that stuff. And he gazumped and he went with it against Chelsea. And I, I don't think it was just the players. I think it was them. It was everyone. It was everyone wanted this win desperately and not just to win 1-0, 2-1. Bit of an emba- it's an embarrassment for Chelsea. Like Everyone's just thinking about Todd Bowley and Potter and Cohen, Bruno and just thinking, hope you're happy. This is, this, is what, this is what you get. Come back to the Amex and this is what you get. It's that backbone, isn't it? Just, um, yeah, it, it, amazing. And, you know, you, you go, what, 2 nil up and then... The, the third goal as well with the Caicedo bullet, like pass through is amazing. Estepinion, who, yeah, again, there's no, no shock who, <laughs> who the man of the match is for me anyway. Um, but yeah. And, and again, Matoma's right there to tr- try and knock it in anyway. Um, uh, I think, yeah, just testament to two of the best players on there, but I think everyone was really good. And to go in three nil up at half time, you're, you're in dreamland and you're going right. We've, we we support Brighton and Hove Albion. We we have seen this script a few times where we do need to we do need to batten down the hatches and and sort of just come out the traps the same as we finished it. Um, so yeah, I think half time you're you're laughing, but I was it was still that thing in the back of my head going we could still fuck this up. Um, <laughs> and I I thought two three minutes in I thought here we go 
uh, yeah, your man of the match uh, ended uh, the, this half in style, didn't he? That was that was exactly what we needed because you could you could feel it, the energy in the Amex at forty odd minutes of like, all right, going in at halftime two 0 up, and we are in trouble still because this is Brighton and Albion. Uh, and yet, two minutes after that forty odd minute mark, uh, Purvis comes down the left hand side and whips the ball in for a classic. FIFA scumbag goal with the uh, with the own goal there, uh, and at that point it felt like a total relief, didn't it? It felt like you could feel everybody lighten up a little bit. Where it's like, all right, if they do score one goal, which they probably will, it's not we're not that far in touching distance, right? Like it felt like we were just a little bit more relaxed then. I, I, I'm, if I, I encourage you, depending on how you can view this uh, match of the day, whatever, slow down, and watch this third goal. Uh, and see just how aggressive these tactics end up being. Because you'll notice that in the build-up, everyone moves forward in this big motion together. Uh, Mitoma's got the ball running across the halfway line. Essipedian is absolutely chugging it down on an overlap. But on the other side, the same thing's happening with Pascal Gross to give an option for a, a crossfield ball. He's completely alone. is nowhere bloody near him. Um, so there's another option there. You've then got the whole central group in have just rammed themselves forward. We've got four people within about 10 feet of one another just outside the box. Um, we didn't see this all the time. Like Obviously, Chelsea were pushed up. They're 2-0 down after not that long. They've got to do something. But how nice did it feel to be the ones doing the counterattacking <laughs> instead of the ones sat around trying to break down a defence and knowing you're going to get counterattacked? And this goal was just like the ball that you put in as well. We ended up, and I'm, I'm going to play it here. We ended up with five options. You've got Gross, Matoma, Trossard, March, and Lalana all in the box when Estupinian puts the ball in and it, and it bounces off, um, what's his face? Uh, Chalaba. When have you last heard a time when a cross gets put in by a wing, a fullback on our team and there's been five options in the box? Amazing. That's deserviable, isn't it? Yep. We talked about how he loves to flood the box um, and we, we showed it today. Uh, first of all, superb name on, in the chat with the question, Sumptuous Sofa. Uh, ask us for our thoughts on it. I don't it. know how so, I feel about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to get there, uh, Mr. Sofa or Mrs. Sofa. Uh, we're we're going a little bit more chronologically at the minute, um, and we'll get to Enciso when we get towards that that final uh, triumph at the end there. Uh, and but I'll give you I'll give you a hint. I suspect it's going to be quite glowing because um, he was he was very good. Uh, you say that. We, it was nice to do the counter-attacking, uh, and it was very much not classic deserving ball, though, is it? Uh, we conceded possession today. Um, we allowed them the ball, uh, and we absolutely tanked our past success rate. It was very much the absolute anti-deserving today. He was <laughs> he was obsessed with dominating the ball against Inter Milan, AC Milan, Juventus, and everyone with Sassuolo. It looks like today he decided to almost hybridize the deserve ball and just like, but accommodate it to what he's currently got at the level. He's currently got it. Like we, we know he's not instigated the entire, you know, he's not got the entire thing like in, right. Like he's not totally brought in the deserve philosophy yet. That takes time, 
but it was almost like, here's the absolute basics. Now beat the shit out of them with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, let's not forget, by the way, that as much as we now despise in some ways, um, I, I still personally respect Potter and Co's ability. Uh, the things he, he did for this club uh, were incredible. He's not a bad coach. Tactically, he's been praised. We know this. And his, he messed up first half. We, Brighton were incredible. Chelsea were all wrong, but he made a change at halftime and they switched to, I think they switched to like a 4-3-3 or something like that after trying to do the, the five back. And they did look like a very different proposition for large portions of that second half. Uh, much more how how um, you know Potter wants them to play. Uh, and they started taking the game to us. And as you say, we lost control of it. And that's where you got that terrified. They, they opened us up so easy for that, that header. And then you thought, okay, I've, yeah, I've seen this one before. Three, one, a lot of time to play. We're at home. Oh God, how, how are we going to lose this? What flavor of loss are we going to come up with? <laughs> Is it going to be last second draw? Or are we going to lose it four three? Um, so, yeah, I know it didn't work out perfectly, and and, and as you say, I think it's a, it's a things are being worked out to perfect the, the way Deserby wants them to play. But yeah, credit credit to Chelsea for switching things up. I think that they had the onus for that first portion of the second half. But um, I like the fact that we adapted, changes were made, and we became more of a fast paced counter attacking side because we kind of had to switch things. We uh, we You're Craig Craig Craig's. Double oh, music. Look at that. Dear, yes. dear. <laughs> Nothing if what not thorough, I guess. Schoolboy. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's um, obviously when you score those first couple of goals, that the the onus and the, the possession is going to swing in their favour because they need to huff and puff, right? So that that's fine. Um, I think the the way that they reacted, a little bit slow coming out of the traps, first, second half, like we said, it's slow defending. Yeah. Um, to sorry with technical difficulties on the together BHA podcast uh this can sometimes happen this is all comes out in post-production right josh yeah we're yep. doing do we this have live. post-production we're doing this live pal stays <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> um just uh let's just add on to where craig was probably going there um with the with the way in which we're going to conceive possession um that first goal that came in from Chelsea, obviously everybody was a little bit worried. Uh, but like you said, the changes that were made were excellent, right? Like we we didn't we didn't make personnel changes until a little bit later on. Uh, but you saw that Solly March was essentially asked to become like a marathon runner, uh, where he was asked to become the second right back in the team and then also become the right forward, right? Like with that counter attack. Um, and that was the one big change I saw that they really went in on. Uh, and then they also relied on Mitoma's experience as a left wing back as well. I thought like they were like, all right, I don't care which one he stays back, but one of you's got to now between you and Purvis, uh, Mitoma. Cause what, like if we let you both go forward, like you were in that first half, we're going to concede like we just did. Cause that's exactly where we conceded from that cross on that left-hand side. Um, and I think that kind of adaption immediately, uh, before the personnel changes, I think was very helpful uh, to allow them then to just dominate the ball if they want to. They're in more trouble than we are. Yeah, and it's it's hard to expect that we just ended up then having sixty five percent possession 
with them three goals down away from home being Chelsea or even two goals down after that other one went in. Like, let's let's get real here. Like there are <laughs> those players are of relatively high quality uh, and they, they should be able to dominate possession to a certain extent. So I, I wasn't, the thing is also, I don't know how many second half chances I really had my heart in my, my mouth on for, for Chelsea. Um, there was, a, I mean, there was one or two, but never like, Oh God, no, this could have been three, three. I didn't feel like that. Did you? Uh, there was more in the first, I thought. Yeah. More in the uh, first half. Yeah. Where, World Cup superstar for the United States, apparently, Mr. Pulisic decided to sky one wide when it was looked like an open goal, I thought it was. Uh, I haven't seen friend, him play very well for two years, three years. All my friends here are really high on him. They think he's going to be the one that carries them through their World Cup. And I, on that on every performance I've seen him, uh, to me, there's a reason he's a substitute. I don't know if Craig's back yet, but I don't know what you've made of it as well. Um, he said one minute. Uh, but yeah. To me, like he's every time I see him, uh, Arc Twitch temper in the chat as well. Thought Chelsea looked more dangerous in the first. I think you're right. Like the goal yeah. came from the goal came from nowhere, and it came from defensive laps more than anything. Um, and then before that, but there was there was one or two in the Pulisic one, and I think there was one from Kovacic. Uh, they they probably could have had two um, where they just didn't manage to convert the se- the second half. Like Craig said earlier, like perfect time is like they really did just half and puff, and we were the the Amex was very much brick today. They were they were not getting anywhere near it. Yeah, I I'm, I'm watching back a couple of bits, and there was a few odd chances they had, and decent little runs of play and through balls. But um, Sanchez made a couple of really decent saves, and there was that one in the first half too, right? Where um, I think it was our old friend Connor Gallagher. Uh, that smashed it and he got his body wide so quickly and big and, and really good save um, and ignoring one mishap Sanchez I think Sanchez actually got a, a quote unquote official man of the match um, which surprised me a little bit but he was good I, he rushed out before Sterling could get on the end of something and got really big as well and got his hands around a ball um, it was a good defensive performance for me bar the Bar Adam Webster sort of forgetting that he's not five foot five. Well, spoiler alert, I was going to give him my man of the match as well uh, because I didn't I didn't want to go with that oh, opinion because okay. everyone else was going to. Um, I don't think Sanchez did anything wrong all game other than one corner where he thought he'd got it and hadn't, which yes. is be a classic Sanchez move. Um, yeah. But... The the saves he made was excellent. The confidence he showed and actually committed, unlike the Haaland situation uh, a while ago, where he committed and then just ran off like it, like controlled by like a computer person at the top. Um, the the confidence he had and then the distribution. Like if there's ever a goalkeeper you want to be springing those counter attacks for Solly March on one side and Mitoma and Trossard on the other. The balls he threw out there today were just unbelievable. What was um, that bullet he shot out in the first half? Uh, yeah. He tried to get Trossard on, and and it was only because Kepa, you know, spotted it that they that he got. It would have been one on one. It was like and that. It, it was he was almost in the center circle when he cleared that. Kepa was he was he knew how much trouble they were in because of how good of a pass it was, um, and he was well in there. Like that was. He was he was gone. Like he was gone if he if he had stayed further back on his line. 
Um, yeah, it's not like old man Silver was going to get back, was it? Like there was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it really says something when Silver has been their best defender every time I've watched them play. Um, I mean, that's not good, is it? When you've got when you're shipping off Colwell, you're shipping off Lamptey, you're shipping off Livermento, and your best defender on the day every day I see you is Thiago Silva, who's about eighty-seven years old. Well, let's not forget though that he just got plaudits for trying to get some of the some some decent work out of Chalaba, um, who wasn't getting game time last year, and people were saying, "Oh, you know, Chalaba looks like a half decent defender." Um, he didn't look like one today. Um, decent finish on him, but uh, yeah, it was. I wasn't worried about anyone from. Frankly, I wasn't. I, no one terrified me from the Chelsea team, and that's their problem. I don't. I know we don't care about Chelsea, but. Um, there wasn't. It wasn't like a Harland situation, or you could name the entire team. It wasn't like, oh god, I hope we never get one on one with Obama Yang. I don't really care. Sure, all right, we'll give it a go. But what's that? You want to hear a downside? Yeah, it's it. Adam Webster's performances have been. If there is that, it is Adam Webster, right? And we've said this. He's not been that great this season, and he got absolutely punted off the ball by Erling last week. Um, obviously was at, was at fault pretty much for this one. I'm not sure what's going on there, but if, if there is a thing that we need to keep our eye on, it it is that. I think he got away with it, didn't he? Because he was triangled with Esther Pinion and Caicedo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is Craig, are we back? What's, what's the microphone situation? Can you, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at that. Sorry. I had to swap mics frantically whilst I'm on whilst I'm on the podcast, how unprofessional. Um, yeah, just a lapse of converse, uh, concentration from Webster, I think. Um, again, just slow out the traps in the second half, just gets caught ball watching, Havertz comes in. I personally, if I'm going to be super critical, I think Sanchez could have done better. It was straight at him. But, you know, th- those sort of things. But I think to to what you were talking about, I there wasn't that persistent threat from Chelsea where we were constantly under siege and, and that we're just being attacked after attack. Um, and I think that obviously was reflected in some of the changes we made in, in bringing NCSO on um, where he was able to be that terrier up front and, and put a little bit more pressure on that back line where actually we're sort of not batting down the hatches, but, but waiting for that counter attack because I thought all day, and it's so pertinent with the Sanchez ball over the top for for Kepa to do his best his best sweeper keeper impression. But they were, that ball was always on, and it and it was for the entire game. And having Enciso come on just heightened the ability for us to potentially do that. Yeah, um, and uh, in the chat, I hope Chelsea don't sign Caicedo in the January transfer window. Um, what are your thoughts for his replacement if he does go? Uh, pain. Yeah, don't plan. bring that evil on us, please. Uh, that's that's my replacement. Uh, just unending <laughs> pain and despair. Um, I I am not sure that even Bowley has the money within financial fair play to spend that would get Caicedo into that Chelsea team today, oh, January 1st. I, I don't think that Bloom will be doing any business with them. Um, I think that we probably need to be really worried about Newcastle coming in for Trossard uh, come January uh, or Villa coming in with like stupid amounts of money to replace uh, the excellent Coutinho um, or something like that. I think Trossard's much more of a risk to me than Caicedo. 
summer, different story, but I don't think he's going to be a January exit um, unless he puts on like a Renato Sanchez type performance, you know, when he did it like six odd years ago, whatever World Cup it was and got that ridiculous move to a big side. Um, you know, unless Real Madrid come calling, I, I don't see him going anywhere in January, do you? No, no, I don't. Well, I don't want to think about it, so I'm going to just say no. Uh, <laughs> but if he does leave, the good thing is if he if he did get bought by Chelsea, uh, based on current history, recent history of our good players leaving, he'll look like McTominay as soon as he goes. So you maybe know, we we'll could put, just re-sign Pesuma for five million. Yeah, we'll just get him back on a, on a nice loan or something uh, with a buy option of fifteen million. Uh, yeah, the, the Trossard one's the bigger worry for me, or as you say, because um, I think today I'm just looking at the sub timings. Yeah, because we didn't take SD Pinion off, did we, for the first time in what feels like his entire Brighton career? Uh, I think we had three Ecuadorians on the pitch at one point between Caicedo, SD Pinion, and then Sarmiento coming on the 87th minute. So with that grouping, um, you know, Ecuador pull off a bit of a surprise and get through to knockouts and things like that uh, and put themselves in the shop window. There's there's that bit of concern because there was already a ton of buzz around um, uh, buzz around Caicedo in, in this summer. Really don't think he leaves in, in January, though. Uh, as you say, the Trossard one is the bigger worry because I, you start to look at where he's at and I have to imagine him and his agent are saying, we're not getting any younger here this might be your last chance to hop to a really big like Champions League club. Because I do think he, I think he gets bought by a Champions League club. I really don't think it's a Newcastle Villa move, regardless of the money. Um, I think he's warranted the, the, the bigger move. And that's, I don't think we'll stand in the way of that, even if we do trigger to increase his price, the, the extension. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Um. Craig has just shared with us the goal that Liverpool have just conceded. Um, I encourage anybody who gets frustrated with Sanchez at times to go back and watch this goal that Leeds have just scored against Liverpool. Uh, oh no! All the best, all the best ball playing keepers are erratic to a fault, uh, and that was an absolute beauty from Allison, wasn't it? <laughs> what on earth was going on there? That is. Something oh, yeah. else. And then Van Dyke stumbles to <laughs> he is. <laughs> uh, yeah. let's let's talk game still, because uh, we, we had a whole host of substitutes come on. Um they got that early goal in the first half. I'm sure everybody was a little bit worried about them pressing on. They failed to do so. Uh we shut them out quite comfortably after that, shut them down, nullified what they were trying to do, uh, and put us all the need to make a bunch of substitutions, uh, which was pro- the right decision, right? Like they weren't they weren't getting anywhere. Um, so he just went for it, put on a bunch of attackers. Um, and we responded uh, by bringing on Enciso. Uh, and this is not um, a Potter uh, manoeuvre of bringing him on on 88 minutes to be like, oh, let's bed him into the Premier League. Nah, this this man's coming on at 65 minutes into the game, 3-1 up, uh, and basically being asked to put the entire counter-attacking culture at the Albion for the next 25 minutes on his back. Um, and he did quite a good job, didn't he? I the, the the thing that I'll give to Zerbi here as well. We've had some complaints about substitutions, but some of our only complaints. We haven't complained more broadly about him. Um, these are the subs I would have made, so I don't know whether that's a bad thing or a good thing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to see and see so finally in a posi- in a game position where it's it made sense. 
Mitomo, you know, is coming off the back of an injury and we bring Lamptey on. Um, and then we get to see Sarmiento for a little bit of chaos as well. So we had like our whole exciting collection of, of flair and talent in the game. Uh, and yeah, in CISO, he's not scared, is he? Uh, I remember watching some highlights videos of him of how he plays. And he doesn't mind just striking a ball from 30 yards out and seeing what happens. And he tried a couple of those. Um, the one thing I'll say is that I was nearly incredibly furious with him because that fourth goal, I couldn't believe it. This was, I mean, this is an 18-year-old that very clearly wants to come on and score on his debut. Uh, we, I get it. But you had a just, – just, Gross was on his own. You just had to square the ball when he had an open goal and instead you tried to hit it twice. And we just got a lucky deflection, let's face it, where Gross could put the ball in. Now, if that game's 1-1 and you're in the 91st minute and he's there and he tries to score himself and ignoring an open player, that's where if I'm deserving, I'm grabbing him by the back of the head and sort of like clockwork orange, opening his eyeballs and making him watch that 400 times and say, never do that again. Play the pass. Outside of that, it was great. Yeah, he put himself <laughs> about, didn't he? He's a... Uh... Obviously, just a bundle of energy, and wants to impress on his on his debut. I thought I thought he was good. I think a couple of the refereeing decisions went against him because you know that's our standard of officiating. Um, so I thought he was unlucky with those sort of bits. And um, like you said, he's he's not scared. He's not afraid. He's, he is going to do that. And um, like you said, it's just that that decision making when when the game is slightly different or, or going the other way uh, where he, he might be frustrating, but what is he? He's 18 years old. Like comes on is trusted for 25 minutes to, to sort of run that line and take the pressure off the rest of the players. Um, I thought it was sort of a really good debut to be fair. Yeah, it really was. We have somebody in the, ch- in the, in the studio waiting room just called T. Is it Todd uh, Bowley? Yeah. <laughs> So how much does he want to buy the podcast for? Um, we will uh, we will add tea to the chat. Uh, they don't seem to have video or anything, so we hope this isn't just a wind-up merchant coming on to be rude. So let's see. Uh, hello, T. Can you hear us? You're on mute. You might have a Craig-style mic. Just yeah. Doesn't, yeah. It doesn't work. I, and happens, they're gone. Happens to the best of us. Don't worry. They're gone. They're gone from the studio entirely. So obviously, they're uh, maybe they're just too happy and hammered from the Amex to give too much of a full account in of the situation. It's probably um, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the way the game ended um, was not how I expected after that first goal from Chelsea. Expected it to be real squeaky bum time. Uh, so for us to score a fourth late on, uh, I, I mean the Amex Stadium. I, I thought it quietened down a little bit over the last like twenty minutes, but oh boy. What a, what a time to score, right? Because from then all the way to, to the whistle and from what I can gather after the whistle um, was just like a party, wasn't it? It was incredible. Yeah, I don't think you've seen any people rushing in the 88th minute to get the train uh, in this one because not only was it still active, but it was also wanted to hurl abuse at Potter and co at the end and also then cheer in a positive sense this was this was Deserby's first win at home against against the the betrayers like uh, what more could you ask for if you want to have a party on a Saturday afternoon uh, that's massive but I think my favourite my favourite thing of the game was 
when everyone tried to squeeze the syllables uh, of a song together into you're just a shit Brighton and Hove Albion, you're just a shit Brighton and Hove, and it, it doesn't work. There's too many syllables, but I enjoyed that everyone persisted for a brief period of time and then realised, ah, everyone's a bit out of sync, we can't do it, and gave it up. Yeah, I mean, it would have been, obviously we, we said at the top, like just the, the atmosphere and obviously just ending it with a, a nice goal at the end. Like you can't ask for a, a better day out. So uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure copious amounts of alcohol were uh, currently being drank in Brighton as well. Uh, I'm quite envious actually. I think we also had a, um, I think I looked it up. Where has it gone? Here we go. We had a 2.08 XG and scored four goals and they had a 1.22. So it's a decent feeling, isn't it? Still XG'd them though, didn't we? The pot away. Yeah. Yeah. There so. you go. Old habits die hard. <laughs> um, I did see a superb uh, article earlier. Um, I think it was, uh, who was it who wrote it? The Telegraph, I think, wrote it. Um, and it was just unbelievably brutal for them. Uh, let me find it here. It was, oh, yeah, Telegraph. Uh, it goes... Graham Potter's side of well-drilled, sharp passes and tactical opportunists left victorious to the acclaim of their supporters. Although, unfortunately for Potter himself, that team happened to be the one he no longer manages. Uh, thought it was wonderful. <laughs> to just see. Uh, because I think that about summed it up, didn't it? Um, some interesting post-game comments from Mr. Graham Potter. Uh, said he has no reason to be sorry. Uh, he doesn't feel he's done anything wrong, which is fine. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's gone and secured the bag for himself. That's fine. Um, but from what I can gather, I didn't watch the press conference. I didn't see it. But it sounds uh, like he wasn't particularly happy. Um, looks like he's been one and truly rattled by the Amex faithful today. Uh, apparently, Ben Roberts got absolute dog's abuse uh, at halftime. Bad. Like, bad abuse. Uh, and Bruno was apparently quite devastated and like walked down the tunnel early because he couldn't take the amount of abuse he was getting. Um, I've just got to say I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. I think yeah. the Amex has performed a 10 out of 10 and long may it continue. Hopefully this is a wake up call for him. And if we can just do this more often. This is the reaction. I, I, it's always pleasant when people like Guardiola go, you know, what? I really rate Brighton. Great team. Yeah, we just beat them 5-0, but, you know, they're doing the right things. No, I want more of these situations where you've got salty managers and coaches after the game talking about how, ah, oh, we cheated our way or we didn't do this. So I think it was, was it Klopp earlier in the season when he was like, ah, oh, you know, they just play long balls. Like, oh, we, you're rattled, mate. That's great. More of that. I want people to walk away and go, actually, they're a bit more of a threat. We can't just be this sort of patronising, complimentary, big six side anymore. We have to respect it. I think, we, but we've been perceived as that for a while, right? Like this this team of nice people that play really good football. Little pat on the and, head. Yeah, and it's like, well, I appreciate what they're doing, like really well run. It's like, yeah, we are. And I think it's time. I think we will see it under the Zerbi because he is a, is obviously a very emotional man. Um, is is like yeah, we are well run, and yes, we are going to win. And and just that that change in mindset of rattling these these other teams as well, and and not playing nice guy anymore. <laughs> no more Mister Nice Guy. Um, it, it yeah, it it made such a difference today. And having that sort of pantomime 
thing going on right i it's coming from a genuine place i know but it, it changed the atmosphere and it, it definitely helped today yeah Naylor has already gone back on the defensive on twitter saying it was a bit sad that we uh we abuse <laughs> the coach and staff um and i think charlie parker turner and i'm pretty sure charlie's been on the show um said nothing sad about the reaction that potter and co received uh he's a sports journalist for daily express uh, nothing sad about the reaction that Potter and Co received. Whether they still love the club or not, they left and potentially hindered our short-term progress. For that, a poor reception on their first return is the least that can be expected. They couldn't have expected anything less, could they? Like, are they really so naive um, that they think they're going to get any kind of nice reception here? Um, in the in the chat, thank you for finally saying this is a change of the mindset. No more Mister Nice Guy. Yeah, I think I think Craig's spot on. Like, we've been asking for this for a while, haven't we? We need to. We need to play a little bit more cynically at times. Uh, you know, I'm not sure just how hurt Solly was in the 88th minute, uh, but he continued to play on, didn't he? And looked just fine on the counter attack twice. Um, and I think that's the sort of thing you need to see a bit more of, isn't it? I mean, we, we see it from everyone else. I, so, you know, it, there's that gamesmanship stuff that everyone frowns upon and you know we all, you don't like it when it happens against you but but when you're doing it it's absolutely fine um but yeah i, I completely agree the only downside to today was that i just a bit sad we weren't able to do it against a big club um because there are only three points above us we've got a better goal difference we've conceded the same amount of goals and we've scored more than them so it's just a bit of a shame we couldn't do it against City or an Arsenal or something. It just had to be, it felt like punching down a little today. But, you know, what are you going to do? Still, wins a win, three points, we, we move. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly surprised. And I think, Craig, you brought it up earlier. I'm surprised Deserby didn't get a yellow card for the first goal. Because as far as I'm aware, he was literally in the middle of the pitch, wasn't he? <laughs> Like that's what I'm that's what I'm led to believe by people who are there. Like he was literally in the middle of the field. <laughs> well, I don't think Bowley made a call to the uh the officials until half time. Because you notice then that was when they started getting all the uh, little fouls that apparently happened and they got the benefit of the doubt on everything after the first half. So yeah, I think they didn't they didn't mind for the first goal. They they hadn't had the call from Toddy yet. Let's do one last one last thing on Chelsea because uh, there are a couple of things to talk about for the Albion before we wrap up. Um, they uh, Chelsea fans have been wary of Potter from the beginning. They don't like what he's doing. They don't like the style of football he's trying to implement. They think he doesn't score enough goals. Uh, they think he doesn't get enough wins. Uh, lots of draws, not enough wins. Uh, this is, I mean, you can go back over the last hundred odd episodes. It feels like, and this is pretty much what they're experiencing. Um, Everybody on the social medias now, Potter out is back in uh, and it's much bigger than it has been in the past as well. Um, they have <laughs> City, Newcastle and Arsenal in their next three. You think there might be some proper ideas around binning him off after before the World Cup from Todd? There's no way at all. No way. I know it'd be nice to think about, it'd be funny, but... This this squad is they've spent a lot of money, but before them bringing in Aubameyang and his on on, on his Walker, all right, they've not. It's a, of course they don't score very many because they don't have anyone that scores. Like every now and then Havertz pops up, but he's pretty much 
anonymous for about half of their games. We've talked about Pulisic. We, Sterling, I've never liked and rated. Um, seems like a nice chap, but he's, I don't like him on a football pitch. Uh, I just, you look at that team, you just go, well, yeah, you probably shouldn't be that good. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's Potter's problem. I get that the fans are up in arms. The problem is you follow Thomas Tuchel. He's pretty decorated and brought them a Champions League, and then you come in and you sort of, well, you continue the same sort of form that Thomas Tuchel had him playing. So I, I get why the fans are like, well, why have we got this idiot in? We're just playing the same football. And we know Tuchel's actually really good. We don't really know what Potter can do. Um, but frankly, I don't care. It's not my problem. Yeah, I, he, there's no way he's going. I, I think it's just there's there's this realisation that maybe their squad full of players isn't actually as good as they thought it was. Um, you know, like you said, Tuchel is an incredible manager and is getting the most out of that team. Um, there's, there's a betting in period and Potter needs to get his ideas across. But those next three games, especially coming off the back of this, it, it will be daunting for them. Um, and we know we know how much more fickle some Chelsea fans can be um, in, in asking for a certain manager to be out after 10 games, one loss in 10 games. I think, yeah, it's very weird. But yeah, he'll, he'll get he'll get at least a season. Um, he'll get backing in January and, and in the summer. I think it'll be interesting. But I think, again, I'll... Follow it up with. I also don't care either, so um, <laughs> yeah, they can <laughs> do whatever they want. Um, Mark Kukurea, absolute disaster of a game. Uh, Bisuma, worst rated player on the pitch under who scored and Sofa scored today, ripped off the pitch at 58 minutes. Uh, Mope brought on with three minutes to go, uh, and Trossard is now one goal away from matching the top scorer. Uh, goal tally at the Albion already after 12 games he's got 7 in 12 um, just be very wary Leandro if you decide to find greener pastures um, because the last couple of since you uh, risky isn't it um, I mean I think I think he's probably I'm not sure if you agree with it but with the role he's playing now and the dependency we're having on him and uh, the fire under him um, is he not on course to become our top Premier League scorer in a single season ever this year? Well, you can't have greener pastures than a stadium that sits in an area of outstanding natural beauty for one. So that's the first mistake when they leave. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's a weird joke, isn't it? Uh, maybe. Uh, but we know what he's like when he can be with his ups and downs. I just, I just, I just want to keep watching him do what he's doing. I want to just keep seeing these big performances come out. And I, frankly, maybe we can talk about this a little bit. So Wilbeck was ill. I don't know what the illness is. Uh, I don't want to see him start again for a while. I, w- I want to see trust. I want to see this same setup over and over again until it breaks and it doesn't work. Uh, and if so, if we're playing Trossard as, as our number nine, um, that he is going to break the record. Uh, you already know my feeling on Welbeck, so Craig, I'll cede to you. <laughs> yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? You 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 go and pretty much hammer a Chelsea team four one. I fully expect this team to be exactly the same the next time we play. Um, but I, I think yeah, the the way that we play today and and the goals that we're scoring, those low crosses, uh, it suits someone like Trossard absolutely fine. Um, and and those sort of we saw the corners today. I think one of the things I saw from the corners is there there were some really good deliveries coming in. Um, 
but again, we've, we've never scored from corners un- unless a team does it for us. And um, so, you know, that's the, the balls are going in are, are, are great. It's just, I don't think that's where we're going to score most of our goals from. So having Trossard in that sort of flea, like free flowing role at the top allows him to be more creative and allows him that room. Um, I, I agree with Adam. I think we, we, keep this going and um, the only change like we I think we said just a little bit earlier was Veltman comes in at right back and um, uh, and that that shores up your defense even more and um, but that that's that's your 11 right there I I it's very hard to argue against yeah it helps when you just dick Chelsea 4-1 right and the emotional attachment to it as well <laughs> yeah this is the best uh, set of players <laughs> I've ever seen uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm overreacting uh Wolves next um, they are they are not the best set of players you've ever seen, are they? Uh, they are currently <laughs> they're currently sitting uh, 18th in the Premier League. Uh, probably going to stay there uh, with Leeds and Forest below them. Um, I know that there's games to be played, but Forest do play Arsenal tomorrow, uh, and Liverpool and Leeds are still now one-one, uh, and I can't see it lasting much longer than than than. It has to to before Liverpool get another one. Um, they do have games in Andover Wolves, though. Uh, so, you know, in the future, we could well be looking at a rock bottom Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, very realistically, because uh, they have games in hand and it's all very tight down there, as it is across the whole table, it feels like. Uh, Diego Costa sent off today uh, for a really quite bad head, but uh, really <laughs> cynical. Um, this, is, this is not a good football team, um, just outright. I'm not sure what has gone on here. I'm not sure how like how everything has fallen apart so awfully at Wolves. I would probably need a Wolves fan to run me through it because I, I haven't got a clue. Um, they are no better away or at home than they are away. Really, uh, they've got the majority of their points there, but they're still 18th in the in the in the form table just on home form alone. Uh, so you would expect. This Brighton team to come into Molyneux if they play the way they did today, obviously without the same incentive of really nastiness going on, uh, but with that same kind of explosiveness and that same kind of just driving the ball towards defenders. I mean, you've got to be you've got to be looking at a positive result there, haven't you? Here's the thing: um, we're going to lose this game three uh, nil because of what just happened today and because we should absolutely batter them. They've only scored uh, three all season, Adam. And that's why we lose. Uh, and that's why we're going to be, an, it's going to be an unfathomable loss. They have not managed to score more than one goal in a game. They they just, if you score a goal, a goal against Wolves, you cannot lose. So I'm telling you, we're not going to score. For some, we'll, we'll be like, it'll be like Forest all over again. Um yeah, they are diabolically bad. Uh, I did listen to a, a, a podcast the other day um, where a Wolves, Wolves fan did talk through some of the situation there. It's pretty much a disaster on top of disasters. Um, when when they don't have this sort of connection and the, the Portuguese link up via agents to bring in managers that are available, they're mm-hmm. screwed. So they're in a weird spot from a managerial standpoint. I think what Steve Davis is just interim head coach and he's got no background at all. They tried to get uh, Julian Lopetegui uh, and he then declined it. I think his father's not feeling particularly well and is in decline. So he's like, I'm not going to be moving to Wolverhampton anytime soon. So at a top level, they're a mess. 
Um, Raul Jimenez is AWOL. He's in Mexico preparing for the World Cup. He doesn't have any thought to want to play for Wolves. They've got Diego Costa in from, from the retirement home. Uh, and he's just, you know, Zidane his way up to a three-match ban. Uh, and even if he was playing, outside of being a pantomime villain, I don't really care. Uh, we cannot lose it. There's no. This should be a morale booster game. It should be another one where we come off and we're like, Chelsea turned the season around and we batter Wolves. So I am utterly terrified by it. Yeah, hey, we've seen we've seen it before, haven't we? So I I completely I'm the same. I think you know they obviously they're going through it at the moment, and and that's fine. It's like okay, well, all right, boys, they're they're there for the taking, which means that the exact opposite is going to happen. Um, so I think we we said before the Chelsea game we were like Wolves is where we need to pick up points because if we don't against Chelsea, then it becomes very in that must-win category for us to really get that confidence on the way. But we've got this now. Um, so I think it it's just as important that we go there and we attack uh, and we play with the same drive that we did today. Um, like you said, it, it can. And I think it's the same with every game, to be honest. I, I don't know why I'm singling out Wolves. is that everyone could be a banana peel. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so be a tough game. It always will be. Um, but we, we need to be looking to getting something out of that game and, and sort of build. Yeah, and we were talking just earlier, well, just last week, about how packed this Premier League table is. Um, obviously, we do not have many games left now. We've got two more until the World Cup, by the way, uh, if that isn't weird enough to say. Uh, we are only Wolves and Southampton uh, are the last two games before the uh, World Cup. Wolves and no, Villa. Villa, my bad. Yep. And the Cup game against Arsenal. Yes. Um we were well. I was talking about it last week. Where I mean, it would take an absolute shambles of like apocalyptic results going on, but we could have feasibly been in the bottom three come World Cup time. Uh, we could be eleven points clear with just Villa left to play if we win this weekend coming up. Uh, such is the way results are with with the Premier League. But that's also just how ridiculously packed this table is, and how a win can change up just about everything for you. Um, the Midlands is going through it, isn't it, right now? Uh, you've got the entire, the entirety of the Midlands, basically, is your bottom, your bottom half. Uh, your Villa, Leicester, Wolves and Forest uh, are all sat in that bottom fifth, bottom five, bottom six. Um, Aston Villa, not looking much better, are they? Uh, they had their new manager or lack of Gerard manager bounce. Um, with uh, with their four nil win last week, and then promptly got dicked four nil this week uh, to Newcastle, so that offset everything that they'd achieved in one one week. And um, they are not in a great spot, uh, but they have just applied Emery to the to the role. Do you think that that's going to be uh, early enough to see something from him, or it, what do you think Emery is going to bring? I think I think that's a stabilization appointment if I've ever seen one. Don't you? Yeah, it is. I I mean it's. He's a good manager. It's just I don't, I don't think he's going to bring any sort of short term miraculous turnaround. I think, like you said, this is this is this season is don't go down and then back him in the summer and, and after the World Cup. So I don't know. I think it may be too early for him to really have an imprint. Um, I guess yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, but not expecting too much from him until after the World Cup. I don't think. 
Yeah, uh, in the chat again, uh, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm so sorry. Uh, we we always seem to struggle with teams that play defensively. Hope we handle Hammer Wolves next week. If you have a forward line of Trossard, Mitoma, Solly March, uh, with Gross, McAllister, Caicedo, uh, and uh, Lalana behind them, uh, Esther Pinion as well, playing the sort of role he's playing. Um, and you tell them to play with the same ethos that they did today with the, with the courage to just drive at defenders, that's going to go away. Struggling to beat really defensive teams is going to go away because they're going to see an opportunity to hit us on the counter-attack because we're going to have so many men in the box at this point and we're just going to just fly at them. Um I think that we're going to see a little bit of a change around there and we could end up kind of, you know, that meme where it's like call an ambulance, but not for me. I can see us. I can see, I can see us conceding counterattacks and then promptly ripping them apart on the count counterattack. Uh, if we ever fail to break them down, I think that's going to be where we do it. Uh, I'm not as concerned if we pull out this kind of, well, Deserby says it a lot, right? I think if we have showed this kind of courage going forward, I don't, I don't think we're going to struggle anywhere near as much. Uh, and that's going to probably hurt Graham when he sits and watches it in match of the day uh, with his history lessons and telling us not to shoot, say shoot. Um, must have hurt to see us shoot at every opportunity today uh, and probably will do going forward if we continue in this vein. Yeah, I, ju- I just please do not put go back to five at the back and put well back up front against, against Wolves because the PTSD from the Forest game will be too much for me. Uh, I, I just don't want that. And I think as Jay's mentioned there, I think that's what they were referencing. I, I yeah, there's, please no, please just the, make this game against Chelsea have been the evolution. Uh, and, and when we continue in this form. Yeah. The turning point, isn't it? Just a, a stark difference. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but like you said, I think, Zerbi has a, a reputation for for baiting teams into sort of falling into a trap. For example, maybe maybe this whole counter counter is is exactly what he wants. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not exactly a football manager, and um, but you know, it does seem like we're going that way, right? We'll we'll just score one more than the other team, and and by having that end to end counter attacking with fast players like Matoma, Lamptey, Trossard. Um, it just seems to be able to trust your defenders to break that counter-attack and then do exactly the same back. Um, it's bold, but I, I love it. Yeah, I bet we see some of that. I guess not until the end of December, but I wouldn't be shocked if we saw some of those named uh, and this same second-half setup against Chelsea when we play Arsenal at home. Um, because then, you know, another little, maybe we can catch Ben White sleeping uh, at some point and we have a full-on rib- Round of revenge games, <laughs> revenge uh, tour. Yeah, your revenge tour. That, yeah, don't slight Tony Bloom. Twenty twenty two. It's it's a shame, really. I don't hold anything too much against Ben or Basuma, really. Uh, it's really just this this bunch of pricks at the road. <laughs> I don't like because um, they were all they all de- they all deserve their moves, and we were all paid fairly for them. And they went at a time where we were able to if we chose to utilize the money we made and bring in replacements, if we wanted to, or if we didn't bring him in, we already had them 
like I don't I don't mind those those sorts of maneuvers. Um, it's just the rest of them that I'm not happy about. Do we have yeah. anything else uh, to talk about? Because I feel like well, I'm done. I'm very happy indeed. Uh, so does anybody else have anything else that they wanted to bring up that game? Uh, anything at all? Really? What do we got? I'm so I'm, I'm I want a nice adult beverage now uh, and enjoy the weekend now that the Brighton aren't down in the doldrums after a run of shoddy games this was a big one massive and i'm excited yeah it's just a, a weight lifted isn't it to see a, a performance like that and get the result as well um yeah bodes really well it's exactly what what we deserved as well so yeah no really good really happy yep uh and i know i uh i tweeted it out as well but it is always nice to be able to provide a history lesson for Graham, uh, given that that was he made it today. Uh, that was our first win since 1933 against Chelsea in any format. Um, so thank you Mint. very much, Graham. Uh, thank you for contributing to the history box. Uh, and now you now you've understood a little bit more, maybe I don't know. Um, and now you've understood what happens if you shoot the ball a fair bit more as well. Uh, you score goals. Uh, so that's everything uh, be safe until next week um, and then we will be back for Wolves chat uh, hopefully we'll be happy about it uh, Saturday 5th of November um, we will be back I think the clocks go back in the UK but not in the US yeah so we're at the weird an 11 week 11am kickoff yeah. yes yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Arsenal midweek uh, after that and then we have Villa right before the World Cup break so uh, those games will come very quickly uh, right there but yeah have a Ooh, good one. I did forget one thing sorry just screw it up yeah. um, for people in the US that are listeners stateside seagulls they got scarves back it's big it's getting cold uh, the scarves are good they're made by a, uh, a an Albion fan in Atlanta they're $25 uh, Paul donates all of the proceeds to a charity so get a scarf support the club in the US your money's going to go to a good place uh, and Paul does a really good job with stateside seagulls. So, yeah, do that. Well said. Times three, I'm sure. Uh, all right. So have a good one. Uh, we will speak to you all next week, uh, and I'm sure you're going to really enjoy the rest of this week off the back of this one. So uh, have a beer on us and enjoy it. Cheers, all. Thank you.